What's up, guys? I'm Marissa. And I'm Jeremiah, and this is Death and Decay. How's it going, everyone? Jeremiah, what's up on this Saturday morning? Morning. Morning. Have you seen that video of that little girl and she's like really grumpy and she's at the kitchen table and her dad is like, good morning. And she's like, morning. Same Z's. Me when you called me this morning. <laughs> Girl. I called you like 10 minutes ago. I know. <laughs> well, it's morning, you dumb bitch. <laughs> but pretty good. You know, I woke up, had a donut for breakfast. From where? Ooh, Dunkin' Donuts. Ooh, okay. I love Dunkin' Donuts. What's your go-to donut? What are they called? They're eclairs. Eclairs? Oh, so like the chocolate and then they have the cream filled and... Yes. Yeah. I like, <laughs> I like mine... I like the jelly-filled donuts. Yeah, the yeah. jelly ones smack pretty hard. Yeah, and the cream-filled. I'm mm. always down for a cream-filled, you know? <laughs> a cream pie. <laughs> 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 or even just a good chocolate donut. I don't like chocolate that much. Well, what? Only when I'm on my period. Oh, my. What? Hashtag stereotypical. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Me and my fiance, we were talking about this. Uh-huh. and. We were talking about like stereotypical kind of things that like what's true about girls and what's true about guys. Yeah. Guys were taught, you know, to, you know, be strong in a way, I guess, like showing feeling and emotion. Yeah. Like don't is, be a bitch. Yeah. As a sign of weakness. Don't that's be why. A puss. Yeah. Yeah. That's why a lot of guys have trouble expressing their feelings because I sometimes have a hard time expressing my feelings to my fiance. Yeah. So like that part was oh, true about guys. Really? Yeah. Because she's like, dust it off, you dirty bitch. <laughs> no, she's like, What's wrong? Tell oh. me. And then like, we don't know how to, it's not that we don't want to say, it's that we don't know how to express it. Okay. And then like, it got even more into detail about like, what do girls do at sleepovers? Do they really like sit around talking about boys all night? And she's like, uh, partly. Yes, that's true. Well, I don't know. I I don't think I've ever gone to a sleepover. <laughs> my mom was always like, you have a bed, so you're going to sleep in it. <laughs> wow. I used to be able to sleep at my grandparents like every once in a while. Mm. And they literally live right next door to her. So. I will tell you this though, boys at a sleepover, we do not sit around talking about girls. Oh, did you see her titties? <laughs> no, we don't. Oh. We never, like if it is, it's in a derogatory way. You know what I mean? Like kind of like stereotypical. Or like, like tit fuck? <laughs> What's stereotypical? Like, oh yeah, she's so hot. Oh, okay. But then like it ends like quickly, even if there's any girl talk. The most we do is like we play video games or we do stupid stuff. Like me and one of my friends, I went and slept over at his house. Mm-hmm. We were, <laughs> I got an air bubble in my throat, but we played like with swords, like real swords. Wow. Like the real deal swords and yeah. we're running around cutting shit and all kinds of stuff and just causing mayhem. Sounds like a nice life. <laughs> How old were you? I was like, mm, like maybe 12, 13. Dang, playing with swords. <laughs> They life. were real. They were real, like machetes, like actual. Ninja I know. Swords. That's why I'm genuinely concerned. It was awesome. It was a shout out, Jared May. Yeah, that shout was my out. friend. Was <laughs> <laughs> I haven't talked to him, but I don't know how long. Wow. Do you um, want to give a shout out to anyone in your past life? In my past life, shout like out. a friend. Yeah. <laughs> shout out, Kiana. 
Shout out Kiana. I was gonna go like way back, like a little kid. Dang. Oh, shout out Beanie. Damn, who's Beanie? <laughs> Beanie was my elementary school best friend. And then after like elementary school, like we just stopped talking. I have no idea what it was, but we just like stopped talking in a and I was working at McDonald's when I was like 16 or 17 mm-hmm. and he showed up and I didn't know it was him. And then his sister came up to the register. If Beanie was here, what would you say? And I didn't know it was him. Yeah. I was like, oh, I would tell him like, what's up and all that <gasps> stuff. And like, he was standing like right, right there next to his sister. And I didn't know because like, he had dyed his hair blonde and all kinds of yeah. stuff. And I was like, I don't know who the heck this is. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, my name's Beanyard now. <laughs> Beanyard. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Fabian because he was like a good friend of mine in kindergarten, uh-huh. like super like dope friend. And then eventually we just stopped going to the same school. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't ever realize when that person left school, but you just remember like 10 years down the road and you're like, oh, whatever happened to that kid? Well, he reached out to me on Facebook like a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I was like, maybe I, I don't know. I think he friend requested me or something, but we like got back in touch and I was like, there's no fucking way. And he was like, Yep, it's me. But he looks exactly the same. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> I'm like, damn, you haven't grown at all. Uh, killer. So shout out our old friends. Shout out to lost friendships that rekindled. Dude, um, I don't know if I should talk about this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. So I had a girlfriend back in like like fifth, sixth grade. Damn. Around that time. Okay. And uh, shout out Beatriz, but... <laughs> Beatriz? Yeah, Damn, Beatriz. that's who you dated in sixth grade? Uh, yeah. Damn, and I dated Arnie. Shout out Arnie. <laughs> Dude, and then like, she was like, this is how like stupid I was as a kid that like, I didn't know like when a girl like really liked me and stuff. Yeah. Because like for her birthday, she went to Mercurdy. Mm-hmm. So then like we went to a Mercurdy football game and we were just all hanging out and stuff. And then it was her birthday and I got her a rosary for her birth month. <laughs> Sorry. And she like a rosary, <laughs> a rosary. <laughs> okay. it was, she loved it, you know. She yeah. loved it, and she was well, like, her oh. name's Beatriz. She's gonna love a rosary. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> and like she gave me like the biggest hug, and I was like, oh, ow, ow, you're hurting me. Like kind of like just like playing around, like as a stupid little kid, and I didn't even know, you know. Mm-hmm. And then so time goes on, we break up, whatever, and time goes on, and it was like when i was like maybe like 19 or 20 i found her on facebook okay okay so like i was single at the time like dumb little teenager young adult yeah and i saw her on facebook and i sent her a message and she's like who's this and i was like it's me (gasps) jeremiah we know we dated in like sixth seventh (laughs) grade blocked no (laughs) oh my god <laughs> that is so funny. Shout out to my fiance for not blocking me on Facebook. Hi. Dang, that's crazy, dude. I thought it was gonna be like, hey, how's it going? No, all as well. No, that's crazy. Me and Arnie are like still pretty close, even like what twelve years later. Are you close with any of your exes besides Arnie? Well, I mean, technically, would he be an ex? I mean, I guess so. Like, you don't have grade. to say names, but am I close with any of my exes? Yeah. No, none at all. Really, zero. And don't you know, talk to any of them. And you know what was weird is that my ex-girlfriend, the one like right before I met my fiance, yeah. had just invited us to her baby shower. Yeah. That's awkward. That's killer. Oh, I know. It's the girl who took my photos. <laughs> right? It's a girl that catfished. I'm it's not a catfish. sure. I'm not sure. We 
We don't have any concrete evidence yet. I know for sure. But is it the one I'm thinking of? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. So, okay. Anyways. All right. Congrats. So, so, Shout out yeah. pregnancy. Shout out pregnant jeans. All right. <laughs> I don't know what that <laughs> All right. Let's get into the story. Okay. So, this is a story that I heard, and it was really wild. Okay. Like, I thought I knew what was going on, and then all of a sudden, I didn't know what was going on. And it's just like turnsy tables, you know, the stories that I love to cover. How um, the turntables. Yes, exactly. So let me tell you about this one, okay? Yeah. So the story begins on April 7th, 2008, with a man calling 911 at 2.30 a.m. Okay. He said that his sister called him and told him that she was in danger. His sister was named Kathleen Scroll, and she was 45 years old, born on August 5th of 1962. Okay. She worked as a caregiver at this time in her life. When police showed up at Kathleen's residence to do a wellness check for her brother, unfortunately, they found her and her husband, 64-year-old Carl Scroll, shot to death. Wow. Carl had been shot twice in the chest while he was in bed, and Kathleen was in the living room with a single gunshot wound to the head. <laughs> oh, my. While investigating the crime scene... There was no evidence of breaking and entering. The gun was next to Kathleen, just a few inches away from her. Immediately, authorities are thinking that this must have been a murder-suicide, just cut and dry. But later, we find out that it wasn't. Dun-dun-dun. Everyone is wondering why she would do this. You know, why she would kill her husband and then kill herself. And for months leading up to her death, she was involved in a huge lawsuit. But she insisted, quote, it wasn't looking good for the other party, end quote. So just who was the other party? Well, remember I mentioned that Kathleen was a caregiver? Yeah. Her patient named Olin Coons had passed away a year prior to this from dementia. Okay. His son was Pete Coons, and he was suing Kathleen because she claimed and had documentation that Olin had left everything to her as his beneficiary. Okay. And that included a house and a $40,000 life insurance policy to pay it out only to her. Wow. But his son was not buying it. He insisted that something was super sus. Ooh. Kathleen's family said she had major altercations with Pete Coons on multiple different occasions and then eventually accused him of executing Kathleen and her husband, Carl. No. When cops discovered the deceased married couple, a car pulled up, and it was Kathleen's brother and her mom, so the one that called 911. Yeah. And just to clarify a little bit, Kathleen called her mom and was, like, saying some stuff, you know, she's in danger, blah, blah, blah. And then the mom told the brother, hey, you call 911. <laughs> Why do I always say 911? <laughs> yeah. You call 911. They're not answering. <laughs> if you know, you know. You call 911 and give them the information that they need because she's an elderly lady. Right. They pretty much say, hey, this isn't a murder-suicide. This is definitely a homicide. You need to look into Pete Coons. And apparently, Kathleen had told her friends and her family that Olin didn't leave his assets to his son Pete because apparently he was a huge drug addict. She also told people that Pete wasn't even close to his father, kind of trying to explain why she was the beneficiary. Right. She just had to say, like, a lot of shitty shit about him. Like, she was just kind of... Trash-talking? Yeah. Trying to validate why things were happening. 
and she also mentioned that he was constantly harassing her out in public. She said that she feared for her life, and it just kept getting worse and worse. Well, two days before her death, she alleged that she had seen him at a local store, and he got in her face threatening her. At this point, obviously things aren't looking too good for Pete, right? Uh-oh. But it's about to get even worse. Uh-oh. Well, Kathleen made a single phone call minutes prior to her mom and obviously was in significant distress. Mm. She specifically said that Pete Coons was in her home and he was going to kill her and her husband. And that ultimately set Pete's fate. So she's trying to frame him even though he's like trying to sue her. I mean, I guess we're going to find out, but she's saying like, hey... Pete's in my house. He's about to kill me. He's about to kill my husband. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Once police heard this, they made their way to go arrest him, and they did so while he was driving his kids to school. Him and his kids were all taken down to the station, and all of them were going to be interrogated. The authorities were asking them about their father's whereabouts that night that Kathleen and Carl were killed. Yeah. When the kids later returned home to their mother, they told her that their father had been arrested for double homicide. No. And then authorities searched their home for evidence. They also checked to see if Pete had any gunshot residue on his, like, hands or on his body. Yeah, like gunpowder. Yeah, although I couldn't find much about what the results said, but yeah. Pete's family was obviously in complete shock, but they were also very confused because they claimed that he had been home all along the entire time. Yeah. His wife said that she heard him coughing all night and going to the bathroom, and his kids even mentioned that they heard him before he went to bed on the computer typing. You know, old people type really hard, so they just made it a significant claim that he was typing very hard. But their words didn't mean anything to the investigators because they just thought that they were covering up for their loved one. Bruh. Within 40 hours, he was charged with double homicide. Wow. In 2009, Pete went on trial for the murders. Prosecutors theorized his motive at this point. He wanted all of his father's assets, and he is going to do anything to make that happen. What is going on, dude? Like, for real, what is going on? Even if it meant killing Kathleen and her husband, her family and her friends went on stand and testified about the alleged harassment that had been going on for months. They also had a theory of what happened that night. He snuck out of his house and went to Kathleen's. They stated that he barged in and hit Carl, the husband, over the head with a, quote, unknown weapon, end quote, because Carl had a bruise on his head. Yeah. And they concluded that it was definitely not a gun. That is something that they emphasized. They said Pete then got a hold of Kathleen's gun and shot the two of them. The medical examiner also concluded that it was a double homicide as well. He mentioned Kathleen had a gunshot wound to the back of her head, so she was killed execution style. The mother also testified about the phone call she had received, and that's how they placed Pete at the scene of the crime. The defense attorney said authorities had got it all wrong. There was nothing bringing him to the scene, or tying him to the scene, and absolutely no, that means zero, physical evidence. So I'm a little bit confused as far as like where the, well, I'm going to call them the offense team because I don't really know court really well. The defense. No, not the defense. The prosecutors. Oh, yeah. I don't see how the prosecutors are getting their evidence, though. 
Do you know what I mean? They don't have any actual concrete evidence placing Pete at the scene of the crime. Besides a statement. Yeah, but like statements that he was getting from his family, that didn't mean shit to the prosecutors. Right. Yeah. So it's all a little sus. Yeah, it's all of like he said, she said. Exactly. And there's no concrete evidence. I'm not sure about what happened with the gun residue that was left on Pete's hands, even if there was any. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I said, I'm going to assume that there wasn't any because the defense attorney made it clear that there was no physical evidence. So I would assume that would tie in. You know what I mean? I think Kathleen was just like shitting bricks about her getting sued for everything. So she's like, all right, take out my husband and I'm going to take myself out. Even if she had a gunshot wound in the back of her head, (laughs) maybe like she held it like this. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. You know. We'll see. Okay. She said that it was impossible for him to be at Kathleen's residence because his family backed up his alibi. There's also no proof that there was any harassment going on at all, besides what Kathleen was saying. There wasn't a restraining order filed or any surveillance, nothing. Yeah, they're not even, um, like, text messages, emails, no signs of threat. Correct. Okay. Pete chose not to testify on trial. He would later say, why would he kill Kathleen for money? If she was dead, his lawsuit would go down the drain. He needed her to be alive in order to get that money back. It makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. But the jury had to decide who was right and who was wrong. After two days of deliberation, they found him guilty for the death of (gasps) Kathleen, but not for the death of murdering Carl. Okay, that doesn't make any sense, though. (laughs) Who are these people? I know. I don't understand what that means. Yeah, so conveniently, her husband was already dead (laughs) when Pete went to the house to go and kill just Kathleen. Right. This doesn't make any sense at all. Exactly. So everyone was like, what does that even mean? But that's what they had decided. So no one really understood what that had meant. But regardless, he was sentenced to 50 years without the possibility of parole. So essentially a life sentence because of his age at the time. After this... The attorney went back to work trying to find more proof that he was innocent. Right. And then she came across something. The prosecutor had gave her a disk of documents that he had on his computer after the trial had already started. Yeah. And you're probably wondering why that's important. Kind of. I mean, if they have already came to a decision and the prosecutor is giving the defense attorney something, that's kind of sus. Yeah. Well, the attorney... So... Pete's attorney believed that it was just a copy of everything she had already seen, so she didn't really pay attention to it at the time. Right. But what it actually was was computer logs showing that someone had been on the computer at the time of the murder, like Pete's kids said he was. Now, the defense attorney wanted a retrial because the prosecutors held information, withheld information. Yeah. And the judge agreed, so a new trial starts, and the prosecutor's theory didn't change at all. But the defense attorney showed the jury proof that everything the kids said was true. Right. They actually had concrete evidence of Pete being on the computer at the time of the murder. Right. But again, how accurate is that? You know, it could have been anyone on the computer. You know what I mean? Uh, It could have been. So I could see where it's a little blurred, but at least it's something more than they had before. Right. But the prosecution shot back. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you. Uh, This time, they had a star witness named Robert Rupert. 
What? And he was a fellow inmate who shared a cell with Pete at one point when he was locked up. Yeah. He said Pete told him that he did in fact commit the crime and he even boasted about covering his tracks. He also said Pete's wife knew all about it and she was covering up for him. So kind of listing her as an accomplice to the crime. No. And when it came to the trial, Pete chose not to testify once again. Why? The jury declared him guilty one more time. But another attorney was bothered by the case and decided to take a quick look at it. The attorney's name was Brandon Bell, and he had several issues with the prosecution's story. Mm. First, he pointed out that Pete was medically and physically disabled. So how could he subdue two people by himself? Right. So he kind of brought that up, and a judge denied the... Retrial. Retrial, yes. Hey, so my thing is, is that I think Robert Rupert, the guy that shared a cell with Pete at the time, at Mm -hmm. one point, I think Pete was telling him that stuff maybe to make him seem like a tough guy. You know what I mean? Oh, so he wouldn't get... Yeah, so he wouldn't get, like, jumped or something in prison because, like, these guys, like, they're, like, tough. You know what I mean? So he has to, like, make himself, like, seem like I'm a vicious killer. So even though he's really not, I don't think he's a killer. Honestly, if I would go to jail, knock on wood, but I never do, (laughs) I'd probably say, like, if someone was like, what are you in here for? I'd be like, I stabbed my sister in the fucking eye because she asked me how my day was. You know what I mean? Like, try to sound so fucking tough. I thought you were going to be like, I robbed a store and stole a whole case of Takis. <laughs> oh my God, I would. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, Pete was starting to lose hope. However, in 2019, there was a new prosecutor in town. No. And he started a team for the wrongfully convicted. So Pete went ahead and wrote a letter to the DA's office, and it worked. There were so many inconsistencies with this case that they absolutely agreed that it needed a retrial. Wow. Once again, Brandon Bell, the attorney, wanted to really deep dive into the case this time instead of just taking a quick look at it, because it wasn't his case. Yeah. He was just trying to look at it from a different perspective. Uh Uh-huh. He came across something that everyone else had missed. He was looking at some crime scene photos when he saw a shadow on the side of Carl's head. And at first glance, everyone thought it was a bruise. You know, because they speculated that someone had hit him over the head. Yeah. Okay. But it wasn't a bruise or a shadow at all. It was actually a graze wound from a bullet. No. There was a bullet lodged into the pillow, which is weird because prosecutors had said all along that Carl had been hit over the head with a heavy object that definitely wasn't a gun. Okay, so why that's important is because that said that Pete brought his own weapon, Mm. whatever that was, they didn't know what it was, to subdue Carl. Like a bat or something. Yeah, and then get Kathleen. You know what I mean? So essentially, like, like I just said, they were saying how would Pete go to Kathleen's house with the intent to kill her without a weapon. Yeah. Like, he was just going to go look for Kathleen's gun. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. And that concluded that Kathleen's weapon was the only one used at the time. And they also found old swabs of Kathleen's hands that had never been tested. They swabbed her hand, but they didn't send them to test. And guess what was on them? Gunshot residue. 
Yes. No. Proving that she had been the one to ultimately fire the weapon. But what about the guy that testified against Pete? Well, he later admitted it was all a lie, and he's hoping to get time off of his sentence. And apparently the prosecution knew his testimony wasn't reliable, but they decided to put him on trial anyways. So the prosecution really had it out for Pete. Why? Uh, who knows? Well, I mean, that's what they get paid to do, you know what I mean? But even like... But not wrongfully convict someone, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I bet you that they went and said to Robert, like, you should go and lie. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, a bunch of people had wrote letters, like other DA's office, if I'm not mistaken. And they're like, do not trust this witness. Like, he's not credible at all. Like, he's tried doing this in the past. And they're like, yeah, let's just put him on, see what happens. But see, like, they make you swear under oath. And does that, like, not mean anything anymore? I think you can get in trouble legally for lying under oath. But, yeah, I see what you're saying. Morally, that would be wrong, too. Yeah. Don't, but be, don't be liars. Don't be shitty shit. <laughs> so, what about Pete and Kathleen having so many alleged disputes, right? Yeah. Or did they? After a further look into it, they found that she had been under tremendous amounts of stress at this time in her life, especially financially. She had been in significant debt for a long time. Documents showed that she had drained Pete's father's bank accounts, and she stole about $30,000 from him. That Kathleen did this? Yes. Wow. Yes. She was also being investigated for embezzlement at her workplace at the time. So she was, like, expecting to be charged at any time. So she's just, like, ended all. Not to mention that prosecutors knew about all of this information at the time, but said nothing about it. So they were trying to paint her out like she was the happiest woman. She didn't have any problems. She had so much to live for. Yeah, exactly. But they all along, they knew the truth. But see, like, that's what I mean, though, is that the court system is kind of like... It's kind of like a lot of like, you have to hide a lot of stuff. Because if you literally put something out all in the open, which is what the jury wants and what the judge wants, but the prosecutor and the defense attorney, they really are like, kind of like trying to withhold some information that might hurt their case. Do you know what I mean? Instead of like trying to do the right thing, they're just trying to get paid. I see what you're saying for sure, but all of that isn't acceptable in court. Because you're withholding information. Yeah, that's... You know what I mean? So I guess it's I guess it's cool, for lack of a better word, if no one finds out. But once people find out, they're like, oh, that's kind of... Well, you kind of heard that saying about growing up, right? It's not lying. You're just withholding some of the truth. That's still lying. Damn. I'm going to start telling people that. (laughs) I wasn't lying. I was just withholding the truth. Well, like, that's (laughs) like you telling your, like, future husband. Shout out to Marissa's future husband. She is five foot. Yeah, shout out, babe. Love you. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) that's like if you guys were together or something and he were to tell you that like... I just love how you randomly say, she's 5'2". You are 5'2", huh? I know. Anyways, go (laughs) ahead. You should be glad I remember. But anyway, like that's like him telling you, oh, I'm going out with the boys. But he didn't tell you that like yet his ex-girlfriend was there. He was there with the boys, but his ex-girlfriend was also there. But right. you see what I mean? Like Future he's not. husband, we're getting divorced. <laughs> see, he's not lying, but he's withholding some of the truth. So yeah. isn't that still lying? Yes. So see, that's the same thing kind of like with this court case. Yes. Oh, I'm pissed. The defense suggested that Kathleen had planned on killing her husband and herself, then frame Pete. 
They're going into the third trial now. <sighs> yeah, everyone's stressed. They pointed out all of the inconsistencies, all of the information that prosecutors withheld from them. Even the way that she decided to shoot herself in the back of the head was to try to make it more believable. The judge released Pete Coons because his due process rights were violated. He was exonerated on November 5th, 2020, after serving 12 years in prison. Oh, he's out cruising the streets now. He was obviously very thankful to get out, and he had missed out on so much of his life, including, like, his daughter's weddings and his grandchildren being born. He even told his kids, like, when you guys have babies, like his grandbabies, tell them I'm, I'm dead so they don't have to live with, like, the shame that comes along with me being in prison for murder. Aww. Yeah, it was, like, really sad hearing him talk about all this. He should sue somebody, like kind of like what do they do like what do they do if you're like wrongfully accused They're like oh sorry yeah you're free to go i would definitely i would not be happy i would definitely sue but he was just very excited to make up for some lost time and his wife never left his side either the oh. entire time she believed he was innocent that's love and never wanted to divorce or remarry even though he insisted that she like go on with her life like how selfless is that i know you know what i mean shout out my fiance, I love you. I know she would wait for me. Shout out my future fiance, I love you. We don't know if he's going to wait yet. <laughs> <laughs> you better, motherfucker. All right. But unfortunately, there wasn't much time for him at all. Oh. He died in February 2021 from stage four lung cancer. Only 108 days of freedom is all he had. Quote The evidence suggests that he ultimately succumbed to health conditions that went undiagnosed and untreated during his time in prison, end quote. You gotta be freaking kidding me. Yeah. So you have a man that was dealing with a caretaker for his father that was stealing from him, embezzling money and all this stuff, and then killed her husband, killed herself, put the blame on Pete. Pete gets wrongfully accused, spends 12 years in prison, Yeah. and missed his daughter's weddings his grandchildren being born missed a lot of like big moments of his life right and then to get out and only have 108 days to live with and die from health reasons that went undiagnosed in prison yeah come on like what is our system coming to this is such bullshit <laughs> yeah i agree completely that's just so sad and this happens so often you yeah. know and I want to make it very clear that I chose this case because it happened so often, but this one in particular had like twists and turns where the prosecutors were really messed up and it's somewhat believable that Kathleen was innocent and then all of a sudden, you know what I mean? There's lots of twists and turns, but everyone, I don't know, people are wrongfully convicted all the time and yeah. especially people of color and I really want to bring awareness to that and maybe I'll start a series called like wrongfully convicted because this is unacceptable and you know what I mean like we don't know everything and we're not gonna get things a hundred percent right all of the time did you ever see America's Got Talent with that one gentleman he was wrongfully accused and spent like 50 years in prison and he had just gotten out like I think it was like a couple of months before his audition really yeah it was really like it was really sad like that sucks dude like, what was his talent singing oh yeah he was a he jailhouse was a, blues uh, it gave me that kind of like vibe yeah that's so sad, though, dude. Uh, 
I'm, I know. I'm so angry. And then, like, did you ever find out if Pete's wife ever, like, tried to sue or... So this happened, he just died in February. So yeah, this year. they didn't really have much information about what she's doing. But I'm assuming, at least I would sue everyone, especially <laughs> that freaking prosecutor. Like, how dare you take my husband away? Right. When we told you so. Literally, we told you so, and you chose not to believe us. Like, someone needs to be held accountable. Right. Uh and all because of a woman that just decided to end it all. Yeah, because of selfish reasons. I know. She was I embezzling. Feel, and, and I she, feel bad for her husband. Her husband didn't ask for any of this. I know. Dude, that irritates me because I'm like, what the heck? You have to really be careful who you marry because, like, you could just be innocent. Like, you're just minding your own business. You don't even know your wife is embezzling, like, thousands and thousands and thousands <laughs> of dollars. And then all of a sudden, she's like, babe, do you want steak and lobster tonight? And you're like, what the fuck? Like, am I going to die right now? You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm feeling in bed and and my fiance comes with a gun at the door and I'm like, hey, did you pick up our DoorDash? <laughs> That's a weird sounding sauce in that bag. Oh my gosh. That is so funny. Yeah. Um, that's so terrifying. And that's so sad yeah. for the husband because he, maybe if she said, hey, I need some help, he would have stuck with her like Pete's wife did. I mean, if you're going to be a shitty person and if you're going to do shitty shit, I mean, you got to deal with the shitty shit that comes with being a shitty person. Right. <laughs> you did not follow that at all. Shitty person, shitty shit, does <laughs> shitty things. So you got to take the shitty shit that comes with being a shitty person if you're yeah. going to do shitty shit. Right. <laughs> but like, she should have just accepted her responsibility, be an adult about it. But it like trips me out that... She thought that the only way out was to end her husband's life and her life. I mean, why does she have to kill her husband? I know. That's the question of the day. Maybe she's like, oh, you can't be with anyone else. You know <laughs> I'm what I ending mean? it all, so you're coming with me. People just do that. Like, that's wild to me. Like, here in New Mexico, I don't know if you remember, maybe like a year ago, two years ago, a woman actually passed away downtown, down today, because... Her husband was like, hey, like, can we talk about, like, things and stuff? Because they were going to separate. And he landed up shooting her and then himself in the car. And it wasn't until, like, tourists, like, walked by and, like, found their bodies. Tourists? Yeah. Like, because it was downtown, down today. You know what I mean? Who the heck is tourists? Tourists. Tourists. Oh, tourists. <clears throat> tourists. Tourists. Yeah. Not... Uh, or maybe it's a recorder. Tar- <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, they found her, and she was like a singer. Like she idolized Selena. Oh, Do you remember? Um, this well, I don't happened. know. I don't know what her name is. Is her down in Destinola? <laughs> yes, her mural. Yeah, is it her mural that's on Italian Infusion? Yes, that's her, right? Yes. Oh, I did shout out Italian Infusion. Oh, do if you they? ever want to sponsor us? Yeah, well, you got some good food. Barrio fries. Barrio, dude, their chili cheese fries. Yeah. Mm. Shout out. Shout out. Go check them out, guys. They're really good. Shout out Chili's. Oh, there's like a firework extravaganza tonight in Espanola, and they're sponsoring everything. Destinola. And Destinola. Yeah. So check What are you it out. talking about? At the plaza, there's like this huge thing going on. It's a, a firework display that Barrio <laughs> Fries are sponsoring. Wow. I, I didn't know that. Why now, though? Go check it out. I don't know. I guess like 
maybe because things were closed. I'm not sure. But yeah, but Fourth of July I know, already. I know. Passed. I don't know. If we want to sponsor, we can't talk shit about them. Okay. <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, <laughs> so yeah, that girl passed away. I didn't even know she was married. Yeah, they were married. And that they were getting separated. Yeah. So that's kind of uh, why that happened. So you just have to be careful about who you marry. And then also, I know this other lady that was embezzling like a lot of money, dude. Not from... Locally. Didor. Didor? What the fuck is that? Tricor. Yeah, did you work for them? Oh, no. No, 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 no. It wasn't someone that I worked oh. worked with. I just knew her because I knew her. Let's just keep it <laughs> okay. pretty big. And she was always spending money like crazy. I remember that very significantly. And it turns out that she had been embezzling money. Like from, how much did they say that she did? I can't remember. But she was buying like houses. She was what? buying vehicles. No. Yeah, like a lot of money. And she would tell everyone like, oh, I just won this at the casino. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, so ballpark, 200000 I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> but they found out, like authorities found out that she was embezzling from her job. She landed up committing suicide. But she let her husband survive. You know wow. what I mean? But it's like, if you're going to embezzle, you know what's going to happen. So uh, my question is, is because that she was embezzling. Yeah. Okay. And authorities found out. Yeah. And she committed suicide. Yeah. Does her husband have to pay back all that money? I've always wondered that. And I don't know if any of you guys are They're like, oh, okay, law well, people. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, okay, well, she's there's nothing we could do now. So yeah. we're going to leave you alone, which I think that's how it probably should be. Because why are you going to put that stress on somebody else? He didn't do it. Well, I mean, I feel like it should be both ways. Like you should give back a little bit because I'm pretty sure I'm just speculating because I don't really know right. that he still has like all the vehicles, like all the tractors, like everything that she bought. No. Um, <laughs> wow. So I'm assuming that they... So we're talking about like close to like a million dollars. It had to have been a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money. I mean, if she's going out and buying multiple houses, not just one, yeah. but multiple houses, multiple vehicles, multiple tractors, and probably buying furniture and flat screen TVs yeah. and like, you know, furnishing these like, houses. She was very generous. I'll say that. Like she was buying people, not me. <laughs> I didn't know her that well. But like a lot of people, like stuff just like always having huge parties like she was just i don't know she's just living it up with yeah with, with other uh, people's money yeah uh taxpayer <laughs> yeah so it's like super crazy wow. but i'm pretty sure her husband still has all the stuff which is like weird i mean but I maybe would... he said like oh well i paid for all this and i don't know how they would go about proving it i'm not a law person i'm in the medical field i'm so sorry it's kind of like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. You know, um, if the prosecutors or, who, you know, whoever, authorities, if they are trying to go after the husband, I mean, he didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But at the same time, too, they can't let him just, um, like, have all of the stuff that yeah. she stole. He's like, hey, look look what my, my wife gave me. I feel like that where we can come to a common, like, fair ground is like, okay, maybe you keep a house and you keep a car <laughs> one tractor <but laughs> one <laughs> two horses <laughs> but like we're gonna take back everything else you know like don't like take everything from him because it wasn't his fault but i understand that if you have to take back a lot of the stuff that she went and bought yeah send it to auction yeah do you know what i mean yeah. like kind of like make back their money in that way or even like especially now the housing market dude the housing market right now oh my gosh 
What time is it now, Jeremiah? It is time for the missing person of the week. And this week we have Kelsey Andrews. She was last seen August 26, 2016 in Tucumcari, New Mexico. If you have any information regarding the whereabouts of Kelsey, please contact the New Mexico State Police in Tucumcari at 575-461-3300. Her date of birth is May 30th, 1999. In height, she is 5 foot 5. Her hair color is red or auburn. Her eye color is blue, weighs approximately 120 pounds, and is of white race descent. She was also last seen carrying a suitcase with clothes in it. She was 17 at the time of her disappearance and is now projected to be at the age of 22. She is also in a small white four-door car. If you have any other information regarding Kelsey, you can contact the New Mexico Department of Public Safety Missing Person Hotline at 1-800-457-3463 and we will be posting a picture of her on our Instagram and our Twitter accounts. That's it for today, guys. Jeremiah, where can they find us? They can find us on Instagram at Death and Decay Pod, or you can find us on Facebook at Death and Decay Podcast, or on Twitter at Death and Decay. Send us an email at deathanddecaypod at gmail.com. And we hope that you have a safe, productive, successful, fulfilling week. I liked that. Ooh. Yeah, that was nice. Thanks. That was very inspiring. <laughs> I'm your host, Marissa. And I'm your co-host, Jeremiah. And remember to always look behind you. You never know what's lurking in the shadows. <laughs>